Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, this is Bitch Slap. I'm Rachel Fisher. And I'm Desi Jedekin. We're recapping our favorite nighttime soaps, starting with one of the greatest television shows of all time, Melrose Place. This show is made for binging, and I know because I've watched it four times all the way through, which is also as many times as I've watched Breaking Bad. Desi, give us a brief history of how we got to Melrose Place. Well, Rachel, in April of 1992, Grant Show made his debut as Jake Hansen on the second season of Beverly Hills 90210. We learn that Jake is a former mentor to Dylan McKay, and he's actually the guy who taught him to surf. So, you know, that's a close relationship. He eventually is hired to help build Kelly Taylor's mother's wedding canopy and is doing like work around her house. And that's how they meet. The two hit it off, despite the fact that Kelly is not yet 18, and Jake is 22, according to his bio on the Melrose Place wiki. (laughs) I like looked it up to double check, because he looks way older. So I was kind of like, well, what's his age supposed to be? And 22 is still a big difference from like under 18. Like those ages are like close, but like you're so different uh, at those two ages. Luckily, it's the early 90s, and this taboo relationship isn't really that big of a deal. No. In fact, it's considered the ideal way to cross over and launch Darren Starr's next hit hit soap, Melrose Place. That's how they launch it, basically, through this relationship. Now, this would debut just a few months later um, and bring some of the 90210 gang along for the premiere. Melrose Place is the location of a very cute courtyard apartment complex in West Hollywood, where a group of 20-somethings reside, including Jake Hansen. The songs of that summer, Rachel, are chaos. It is Baby Got Back, I'm Too Sexy, Save the Best for Last, and Smells Like Teen Spirit, (laughs) hitting all of the genres uh, that summer. The show debuted at number 19 and was called one of the hottest one-hour dramas on television. But ratings began to dip uh, going into the next season until Heather Locklear joined the cast at the end of season one, making season two... Uh, Melrose Place a massive hit again. Her character of Amanda Woodward was number two on the TV Guide list of the biggest TV bitches ever, only behind Joan Collins, of course, the OG. That's totally fair. Yeah. This is season one, episode one, The Pilot. It's nighttime at Melrose Place, and a woman wearing ugly cowboy boots and a leather jacket is leaving the apartment complex with a bunch of luggage. Yeah, and her jacket is ugly, too. It has a spider on it. (laughs) So you know this girl is bad. Yeah, like she's supposed to be a bad girl character with not good morals because she's like just up and leaving in the middle of the night. Right, and her fashion, they really focus on it. Yeah. As if like she's edgy. They're not just regular cowboy (laughs) boots. They're like different multicolored leather cowboy boots. The following morning... We open with a radio broadcast of some local morning radio guy in Los Angeles talking about the weather. He's talking about there's traffic on the 405 and that the air quality is terrible in Los Angeles. So this is letting the audience know we're in Los Angeles. Yeah. This is how things are. Even though it's sunny, our air is very bad. (laughs) 
they they use this radio guy a lot in the first season to sort of like i think they were trying to do something and then at some point they just stop using him it's almost like they want us to know these people are adults they get up early they hear this radio on do you know what i mean it's like professional or something Everybody in this complex gets up at the same time. Yeah, it's very weird. Like, there's nobody who gets up at 10 a.m. here. Even, like, the supposed, like, edgy people or the bad kids or, like, whatever. No, Jake is literally up and at him at 7 a.m. showering. Absolutely. And Allison, we see Allison in bed. She, We know she's good because she has sleeping with a stuffed bunny. Yeah. <laughs> she's She's a good girl. <laughs> So we meet Allison Parker. She wakes up in her bed and she's calling out for Natalie. And she's like, it's your turn to make the coffee, Natalie. An insane. I think that's an insane thing for two roommates to split. Like, (laughs) it's your turn to make the coffee. And she's literally screaming it. Like, Allison does not get a good read on these first like 15 minutes, in my opinion. I feel like. The unwritten rule is whoever wakes up first makes the coffee. Or maybe Natalie didn't even have a day job. Who knows? Right? Like that she wouldn't be awake. Yeah. I I, don't know. I bet Natalie worked at Shooters. She looks like she worked at Shooters. The other thing I noticed with Allison, she's sleeping in a man's button up shirt, but she doesn't have a boyfriend. (laughs) Why would you ever sleep in that shirt unless you slept at your boyfriend's house? Do you know what I mean? That doesn't seem like a very comfortable thing to sleep in to me. With the buttons? Yes. I agree. So Allison seems like she's awake enough to go over to Matt's apartment to complain about this. She can't even just suck it up and make the coffee herself. No. And this is like a great setup for how we meet every single person in the building. I was thinking. (laughs) Like, it's so clear that's where they're, they're like, this is great exposition. She's looking for her roommate and she'll go to each person's door and annoy them. Right. Because every interaction she has at each person's door in this complex gives us a little bit of information about who they are. Yes. And what their job is. So she first goes to Matt's apartment to complain. And Matt has the appropriate response, which is it's 7 a.m. Allison. Yes. And apparently he has coffee and I guess she's come to him before for it or something. But he's had it. Yeah, he's had it. This but is, he's goofy. He's fun. You can tell Matt is fun loving right away, I think. Everybody wants a Matt living next to them. Very good guy. Then she goes to Jake's. And of course, he answers the door shirtless. He's shirtless a lot in this show. Jake is the hot one. Right. And she's very suspicious that Natalie is in bed with him. Because apparently he fucks everyone. Right. And he's already fucked before within that apartment complex. Yes. Yes. That's his little uh, go-to spot when he can't find stuff elsewhere. <laughs> he, yeah. So when, then then she goes over to Jane and Michael's apartment. And this is where we learn that Jane and Michael are married and they're also the managers of this apartment complex. Which is wild because Michael is a doctor. Right. <laughs> He's <laughs> like, this is not the, you don't take the manager job when you have another career going, usually, even he, though he's a resident, I'm sure he makes a living like. But those residencies are hardcore, like as we learn also later in the episode that his hours are insane. Right. But, so how would he ever be a manager, though? How would he have time to do that? I don't know. Do you know what I mean? He's very ambitious and he wants yes. free, he wants free rent. <laughs> he wants free rent. So we learn that Allison is living paycheck to paycheck. She's freaking out because her roommate just ditched her and rent is due. How's she going to pay the rent? And Allison gives a great little foreshadowing line in this to me. She says, this is the worst thing that's ever happened to me. Yes. Now, if it has, if we haven't made it clear, the girl who left, that's the roommate, (laughs) the girl with the cowboy boots and the jacket. She left in the middle of the night. I hope people caught on to that by this point. I'm just, I'm just making sure we clear it up. Uh, So we know she is bad. In fact, she left her roommate stranded. Next, we meet Rhonda, who stops Allison in the courtyard. She's wearing an incredible unitard outfit, one of her many incredible unitard outfits in this series. 
we learn that she's on her way to teach a cardio funk class because she's an aerobic instructor. Yeah, I love her outfits. She has some great ones. She tells Allison, she's like, well, I never trusted her. And Allison's like, Rhonda, why didn't you say anything? Well, she also said she saw Natalie leaving with her suitcase. Why didn't you stop her? Rhonda's clearly the the, um, complex gossip, but she also is like, but I don't want to get involved. Like, I just want to watch things (laughs) happening and not like stick my neck out. Yeah, I relate to Rhonda. Allison... We see Allison in her car, and this is like when she has this shitty blue car, and she's writing a personal ad on a note and notepaper while she's driving. This is really dangerous. Also, what she's writing is so boring. It's like you really needed to do that on your way. It was literally like looking for a female roommate professional, the cost. It's not like she had to compose something like extra intense. Um, but yeah, she's sitting in rush hour traffic, just draw, writing this note on her steering wheel. Very dangerous, <laughs> Allison. They should have at least had the horn honk while she was writing this. Look, they just want to let us know she's looking for a female. That's like the most important information because that will come into play. <laughs> As she pulls into the lot of her job, she dings her superior's car. And at this point, we learn that she is... At her new job, she's a receptionist at D&D Advertising. Yeah. And this guy, Hal, is her superior. And he's horny. He's so horny. He's horny from the get-go. We're going to talk more about Hal later, because the next scene is the fucking peach pit. Ugh, that burger building. (laughs) (laughs) Did that building exist in LA? I don't know. I feel like the 50s diner part of it maybe did I I have no idea Um, but I've never seen it or been to it (laughs) if you've never watched 90210 the peach pit is where the gang hangs out sometimes color me bad stops by and does a set Joey Tata runs it Joey (laughs) Joey Joey Tata rest in peace he runs the peach pit what's his name on the show I can't remember I fucking forgot I just call him Joey Tata that's the actor's name yeah so Kelly, Donna, and David pull up to the peach pit because this is a crossover. So we have to bridge that gap. So yeah. these are our 90210 characters. And Kelly is freaking out because she hasn't heard from Jake and Jake has blown her off. And I feel like the rest of her friends have the correct responses. Oh, absolutely. To Kelly in this romantic debacle yeah i mean first of all i can't even imagine the thrill it must have been to see the 90210 gang pull up in kelly's red convertible bmw (laughs) at the peach pit like that must have been so fun uh for fans of that show like looking at this premiere to see them there but yeah i mean we've seen jake he's old he's old i mean he if he's supposed to be 22 he looks Closer to 30, in my opinion. He's a hard 22. And the reality is it doesn't even matter how, like, the amount of years apart they are. Kelly's in high school, and you're a loser if you're out of high school dating a high schooler. And he's he's a hard 22 just physically. And that doesn't mean he's not hot. He is hot. But he's also, like, seems like a person who's lived. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, and Kelly is very sheltered. Uh, Beverly Hills girl. She's not even, she hasn't even had any very special episodes yet on 90210. It's season two. Right. So she's not even like later Kelly who has a lot of living in her. Right. Uh, she's very innocent during this period. And yeah, David Silver and Donna Martin, they're like, what are you doing? He's Don- clearly blowing you <laughs> off. Donna. <laughs> Donna, Donna, who's giving her famous thousand yard stare. Yeah. With her mouth open. With her mouth open. Ah. Just seeing like Brian Austin Green, it's like triggering to me. I don't know why. Why? <laughs> I don't like him. Why? Because he's like a nerd. He was I my- always did not like David Silver. He was my favorite character on that. Really? Yeah. <laughs> yes. How is that possible? I don't know. Okay. That's because you were like five or something. <laughs> <laughs> I thought David Silver was so hot. 
He was so irritating to me. At least like he wanted to like be a rapper at some point. I loved it. Oh my God. It was so awful. No, I was Dylan all the way from the get go. I mean, obviously I thought Dylan was really hot. Who doesn't love Luke Perry? But I was such a David Silver girl. Oh man. No way. So embarrassing. (laughs) Back Uh, Back at Melrose Place, Sandy who we meet is sunbathing outside. We get like a nice little shot of her in her bathing suit. So it's like, it's like scroll up. We learn this is the sexy character. Yes. And Kelly stops by Melrose place because she's looking for her adult boyfriend. Kelly talks to Sandy and she's like, hi, I'm in high school and I'm looking for my boyfriend, Jake. And Sandy's like, Hi, all Kelly. <laughs> she has like the worst Southern accent I've ever heard on film. Like I would prefer a stereotypical insulting Southern accent to whatever it is she is doing. Is Amy Locaine not Southern? There's no way she's Southern if she's speaking this way, unless she completely got rid of her accent to be uh, an actor and didn't know how to get it back. I've never heard something worse than this. Well, Sandy finds this very amusing she has like a horny old lady Southern accent. Yeah, but it's still bad. It's just not accurate, in my opinion. I agree. Um, no, I mean, this is a dream come true for Sandy. She, You can tell she has a history with Jake, and she knows she's getting some inside info right now with Kelly showing up. Like She's like eating it up, yeah. uh, for sure. That night, Allison is surprised by Billy Campbell outside of the apartment complex. She's like getting something out of her trunk. And then this guy, Andrew Shue, who plays Billy Campbell, surprises her. And he's like, hey, Allison, I'm a friend of Natalie's. I heard you got an apartment for rent. I completely forgot that he used that. I thought he just showed up based on her ad. I completely forgot that he had met Natalie at Shooter's. And she like gave him this info or something. It's so weird. So already Allison doesn't like this guy just because he's associated with Natalie. And also Allison is a very uptight individual. Very uptight. And Billy is very pushy. Like he only gets away with this because he's cute. He's talking a mile a minute to Allison. Like Billy, that's the thing about Billy. He loves to talk and he thinks everything he's saying. He's like, he's filled with wonder. He's like... He's like a puppy dog. There's nothing jaded about him, and which is a stark contrast to all the turmoil he will go through in subsequent oh, seasons. Yeah. Well, and he and he thinks he's very charming. I yeah, think. like he was, and he is kind of. He's charming. He's he seems like he's definitely one of the better in terms of like morals character in this series. Yes. Like he's, he's not, a good guy. He's a good guy, but he's like kind of irritating. He, he mentioned some things about Allison's past that Natalie told him. I think it's funny when he's irritating Nat. I'm sorry, Allison, when he mentions her doll collection and that she yelps when she sleeps. I believe that. <laughs> I also was obsessed with her groceries. Did you see the, the bag of pizzerias? What, it was pizzerias? some. It was some kind of fake combos or pizza Totinos. type. To, no, but it wasn't frozen. They were crunchy. What but you, they were well, called pizzerias. They were called pizzerias because they just made up something. <laughs> and I was like, "What's that pizzerias? Was it like chips? I think it was kind of like combos. You know, combos the yeah. pretzels that had like the filling. Yeah, it was something like that. Uh, but it was like in her grocery bag um, when she was trying to get in. So. Billy follows Allison into the building and Allison's like, I want you to leave. Billy's like, you're uptight and high strung. And Allison's like, I am not uptight and high strung. And he's like, well, here's my phone number. If you want to call me, uh, I'm I'm open to rent the room. And so that night at Shooters, which is the Melrose Place Peach Pit, it's the adult Mm -hmm. Peach Pit. It's a bar. Jake is playing pool with some girl because they have to give Jake Hansen every single stereotypical like 90s bad boy thing. They have to have him riding a motorcycle. They have to have him dressed like James Dean. And he knows. Yes. How to, and he knows how to play pool. He's like older um, Dylan McKay. He's older. Like he Dylan. totally is. Yeah. Sandy is a waitress at Shooters and 
she's like, Jake, your, your high school <laughs> girlfriend came by the apartment complex. Uh, and we learn through this conversation that at one point, Sandy and Jake hooked up. And, then and he we, fucked her guts out. Did she say that? She, well, she didn't say that because this show is very PG. But she said her she said something about her guts being <laughs> all in a tizzy the next day or something like that. Oh, which yeah. I was like, that's the PG version of fu- she got her her guts like her guts turned inside out, right? By some good dick. We also learned that Sandy's an actress because Jake's like save it for your acting classes, Sandy. They they have like a they're still flirty with each other. Yes. But there's not really any sexual tension. <laughs> and Zero. I don't know if that's because Amy's just not doing her best job in the show. No. I would love to know more of the story. Like, did she just hate being on this show and just didn't fucking care? She phoned it in so hard. Yeah. On this show. Next, we get a montage of Allison interviewing roommates. And it's like the classic lineup of quote-unquote nightmare roommates because the first person who comes to her door is a woman with a purple mohawk and she's smoking a cigarette i also love the old woman that was like the capper ida yeah and she's like how's your plumbing like she's gonna clog that shit up (laughs) right like the list of people who who we see in this montage that applied or that interview to be allison's new roommate is purple mohawk smoker a creepy blonde lady, a flaming gay man, and an old lady. So by this point, Allison is desperate. Yes. And at then, shortly after, Michael presents Allison with an eviction notice. And this is shocking because usually you don't get an eviction notice till you've not paid rent for like three months. You don't get it day one. Like, come on. You're, she's, yeah. she's like one day late on rent and he hands her an eviction notice. That's like hard to, to get together. Yeah. I love that Michael is like, why don't you just write a bad check? That's his solution. That's the first sign that Michael is a little shady. Yeah. <laughs> this is the first glimpse we get of Michael's dark side. Although it is so funny how in these episodes, like early in the first season, Michael comes off like this wholesome guy who just wants to be a doctor and he loves his wife even if he's not the perfect husband but then at some point he goes completely off the rails he's so goofy in this episode i almost expected like sitcom transition music to happen after some of his scenes because it was like they were like comedy or trying to be comedy yeah they really didn't know what they wanted to do in this pilot episode i would say like the first half of this series like the first half of the season one Yeah, I mean, the funny thing is they're definitely going for this more comedic edge, but clearly they didn't hire any real comedy writers because the jokes are all very, like, basic. (laughs) Nothing, like, exciting. Nothing that even made me laugh, like, in a serious way. Later at Shooters, Allison walks up to Sandy and she's, like, looking for Billy. She doesn't remember his last name, But she's looking for this weirdo who showed up at the apartment complex and really wanted to be her roommate. And Sandy, of course, thinks it's like a one night stand. Yeah. She's like, "Ooh, you on a manhunt? Like, (laughs) and when you know it, Billy is there and he's playing pool. And so Allison approaches him very desperate and he has a little joke with her. He's trying to play a prank on her. He's like, sorry, I already found another place, Allison. (laughs) <laughs> and then he's like just kidding like he didn't even he let didn't it, even like commit he didn't commit to it because i because billy is like already obsessed with allison he can't be he can't be a bad guy no and she's of course like so flustered by this allison can't take a joke no she's not a joking person no and billy's like i was just testing to see if you really want me and i can move in tomorrow yeah I also wanted to say that Sandy really negs Allison when she comes in saying that she needs to wear tighter jeans and makeup Yeah, to pick up men because <laughs> Allison really has no game at all. She has no game. And Allison out of every character on Melrose Place has the worst style. She I think she says she's from Wisconsin. She says it a lot. And she uh she it looks like it but that's no excuse because jane and michael mancini are also from the midwest and jane has better style than well, allison jane works in a cool shop 
with <laughs> cool, super cool floral fashion. <laughs> yeah, with those like crushed velvet floral baby doll dresses. I had dresses. never seen more floral dresses than that scene we'll get to soon. But yeah, Allison's style is very, uh, it's not young. It's not hip at all. Let's take a quick break here. We'll be right back. The next scene opens up with Jane Mancini kissing her husband Michael's toe. She's going to town on that toe. That's like the raciest thing in the whole episode, in my opinion. <laughs> I mean, I guess there is some make out, but... No. This is pretty out of the norm. This is advanced for season one Melrose Place. And their sheets are very 90s. These are the ugliest sheets I've ever seen and in my life. And they've had a few sets in this in this uh, episode. Like she changes the sheets a lot and they're all very similar. It's like the um it's like this pattern where it looks like someone rolled paint, but it's in different like it's like abstract version of that or something. And like a, the colors are very 90s. I've never seen someone change their sheets more often than the Mancini's. Yeah. And I only noticed it because I was really looking at their sheets. <laughs> well, again, Jane is like the fashion lady. Mm-hmm. So she has to have interesting sheets. She's trying to talk dirty to her husband by going paging Dr. Mancini, paging Dr. Mancini. She wants some hot role play. But he's not into it because he's working really long hours at the Mm. hospital and he's like doesn't have time for sex with his wife. And Jane is very horny. And she even says to him, Michael, don't you get horny anymore? I know. I actually like got taken aback when I heard the word horny because I don't know why I don't feel like I had heard it or I didn't expect it on this this episode because it's so tame. Uh, Jane is like literally the horniest thing on the show, which is crazy because this is just such a radical departure from like what happens later. The rest of the series, this pilot, it's so tame. Well, she goes from being super horny to being like the, the actress who always has that one tear that wells up in the eye yeah. and falls down. <laughs> like that's her go-to signature at the end. <laughs> Meanwhile, Allison starts pounding on the door. She has the worst timing. And she's like, I got the rent checks. I got the rent checks. And she presents them with two rent checks. Just as Billy is walking into the complex with all his shit. Doesn't even have any luggage. He's just like carrying shit in his hands. And Michael gives him the apartment rules. I don't even remember what they were. One of them was don't pee in the pool. (laughs) Don't pee in the pool, but it's absolutely acceptable to have a cat fight in the pool later. The pool is for cat fights, so don't pee in that. Right. (laughs) Uh, I would be so irritated living in this complex where everyone just feels free to knock on your door any time of the day. Yeah. You got to have some separation in these kind of situations, I think. But not for a show, obviously. Later, Rhonda is waking up Sandy, who is the only person in this complex who wakes up at a different time. She wakes up at noon every day. Right. Because she's working all night at Shooters. Yeah. She's an actress. Yeah. She's an artist. She doesn't have to get up at seven. She has zero auditions. She's not talented. (laughs) (laughs) And Rhonda, of course, wants to gossip because she's like, get up. Allison has a new roommate. And he's hot. And he's really hot. And Sandy's like, oh, I already met him. I met him at Shooters. His name's <laughs> his name's Billy Campbell, and he's hot. Amy Locane is in a um, regional theater production of Streetcar Named Desire, <laughs> playing a role like way too old for her. Then she gives Rhonda this speech about how like daytime is just a dress rehearsal. All the important things happen at night. I don't even know what that means. <laughs> Allison then walks in on Billy taking off his shirt. And this Mm. is the first time we have the sexual tension between the two of them. Yes. But this is not the last time that we see Billy shirtless. No. No. What might have been a thrill at this moment will soon be passe as we see Billy topless or shirtless a lot. They really were like, we need to get Andrew Shue not wearing a shirt as much as possible in one episode. Yeah, it seems that way. She is like, Billy, I've never lived with this strange guy before. And he's like, Allison, we need to talk about privacy. (laughs) 
Oh, Allison says yeah. that. Sorry, Billy doesn't. Billy doesn't care. He doesn't have boundaries. He doesn't care. Meanwhile, Allison constantly is walking on him without a shirt on. She's the one who doesn't have boundaries. She literally does that thing where she knocks on the door and doesn't wait for a response and just enters the room. Yes. And if that happened to her, she would be completely outraged. She'd pull her robe in and she'd be mm-hmm. like, oh, <laughs> Billy. <laughs> and Billy is like, well, what, what happens when I bring a babe home? And Allison is absolutely repulsed by this idea that mm. Billy Campbell would have a sex life. It's good Billy moved in because she had zero chance of fucking anyone else unless they lived with her. <laughs> like, yeah, she, like, how would she ever hook up with a guy? Right. Allison, meanwhile, we learn that she has labeled all of her food to like a really insane degree. Everything has a post-it on it with her name in the fridge. Everything. Even though even though she said the top two shelves are mine, the bottom are yours, she still lab- labeled the things on her shelves, which seems like it wouldn't be necessary. And Billy is like, you mean I can't have a scoop of your peanut butter? And she's like, no. Honestly, I wouldn't want Billy eating my peanut butter either because you know he just takes a spoon right out of the jar and just eats it. <laughs> he puts that same spoon in the jelly and eats that, and then he switches back and forth. Yes. Yeah. Eating a spoon, if you're not putting it back in, is not bad. But just, to, yeah, it's the going back and forth with like a slimy kind of food. Billy's jars of peanut butter, they all have like remnants of grape jelly inside. Yes, absolutely. So I understand that. That's like pretty reasonable on Allison's part. And later we meet Matt at the pool. And. Rhonda is like, hey, have you seen Allison's new roommate? And Matt's like, yeah, he's hot. This is where we learn that Matt is the leader of a program or he's leading a program at the shelter. He works with at-risk youth. Right. And we know Matt's gay because he then references a Lucille Ball movie, like a very obscure one. Oh, right. The one where she adopts a lot of kids. Yeah. Yes. So that's like how we know. Then, yeah, then that's when he sees Billy and he's like, dibs, I want Billy Campbell. (laughs) And they're both like, he's hot. But they don't what they don't see is Billy salsa dancing in his bedroom in a red tank top. Yes, I guess he was salsa dancing. I I wrote salsa dancing, too. I don't know what kind of dancing this was, but he's like dancing by himself. He's wearing one of those tank tops that's like cut so low on the armpit that his nipple will slide out. Yes. Allison is being a creep and watching again. This is, she's the one who doesn't have uh, boundaries. Oh, and this would be, she would have him arrested if he was looking at her that way (laughs) through an open door. (laughs) So he's embarrassed when Allison sees her and she's like, do you, do you even have a job, Billy? Yeah. And he's like, yeah, I'm a writer. And she's like, a writer? Yeah. And he's like, yeah, like a novelist, like Norman Mailer, which we know is not true. She scoffs. And and then she brags to him about how smart she is. She's like, well, I graduated top of my class at the University of Wisconsin. Yeah. So I know who Norman Mailer is. Uh And she also tries to, um, she does the classic thing where she tries to make her receptionist job seem cooler than it is. Yeah, very L.A. move. Yes. And he immediately clocks her uh, for that lie. Yeah, he totally owns her. He dunks on her receptionist job. He's like, don't talk shit. Right. Because she's trying to be like, oh, I'm in charge of communications. And he's like, oh, you answer phones. And she's very flustered. Because he grew up in L.A., He knows what she's doing. He's heard this before. Next, Kelly. Kelly's back at the apartment complex knocking on Jake's door. This is like, this is over the top at this point. This is really desperate and sad. I'm embarrassed for her, but this is also teenage behavior. It's it's less embarrassing because she is under 18. Yeah. Uh, She's a teenager. She's like 16 or 17. And... This is like an adult guy who paid attention to her, which we all know is the greatest thing that can ever happen to you when you're 17. I'm just kidding. 
it feels that way of like course. an older guy if it was like a hot older guy like jake and then once you're older you realize that that guy no matter how hot is a total loser right. but at the time you're like oh my god i'm very mature for my age and that's why this is happening for me and jake answers the door and kelly's like why didn't you return any of my calls and she's like she's freaking out she's like how could you do this to me and this is pre-cell phone, obviously. So she has no choice but to go to his place. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, there's no internet or anything. So you almost were forced to be humiliate yourself more yeah. on that level back then. Because you were either leaving a really embarrassing voicemail or you were actually driving to their house and, yeah. and camping out outside. And and Kelly, Kelly manages to, like, stalk Jake all over Los Angeles. And she has a car. So it helps. That helps. A lot of teenagers don't have a car right away. So, but she's uh, rich. She's rich. She can drive all the way to West Hollywood from Beverly Hills and stalk her boyfriend. And she's like, if you think I'm just some stupid lovesick teenager, just tell me. And Jake basically is like, I want you, but I know this is creepy. He doesn't say that, but that's yeah. kind of the subtext where like you can tell right. you can you can tell he's almost figured it out. He's so close. He's and, so close. And Kelly's trying to convince him. She says, what's right is what you feel. Because she's trying to get him. And he's having this. He actually says, I hate moral dilemmas. Yeah. So it's like the, the writers want us to know. They know it's bad. But love is love. <laughs> like, <laughs> you can't stop love. Uh, so they're like in on it with us. But they don't seem as creeped out as it as we might be. And then Kelly totally baits him. She's like, do you think I'm pretty? And he's like, you're beautiful. Ugh, I, I was like, that is such a teenage girl thing to say. And then if they come back with, you're not pretty, you're beautiful. You just, you're melt, you melt. You're dead. You're dead. And then you have he, no choice. Then he asks her out to dinner. So f- to her, it's like, he just, he keeps playing the game with her. Like she's not going to go away, Jake. Because no, he, and this has completely validated her doing all of this, right? Right. She got it, him to admit it, and then they make out. They make out, and the like hot romantic music plays over them making out, but the audience is just like, this is disgusting. Yeah. The next morning, Rhonda is wearing another incredible workout outfit. Is this the one that was had the <laughs> belt over it? The leather the yellow. Belt? It was the yellow and houndstooth. Black. Yeah. It was the yellow houndstooth crop top underneath a black short unitard with a leather belt on top of Mm -hmm. it just incredible and she's in her she's teaching her workout class and we see this guy who's in the back of the class who is quite possibly the horniest individual i've ever seen in my life and the place where Rhonda works is called a robe decision (laughs) i had to rewind that because it was written on the wall and i was like what does that say (laughs) i wish this class still existed I know that they have some of these like throwback 80s aerobics classes in L.A. I've heard of them. Really? Maybe they don't have them anymore. Um, but this was like a few years ago. And I was like, oh, that would be really fun. Because like aerobics was still really hot in the early 90s. And a Real Housewives New York um, episode, someone threw an aerobics party and they had an old school class and everyone wore old school 80s aerobic outfits yeah. and it looked really fun. Like those thong leotards? Oh, totally. Just like, and those high cut, they're like really high cut, but then you wear the shiny leggings underneath it. I was obsessed with those thong leotards when I was little because... I just couldn't wrap my head around it because they always had the leggings underneath. But I'm like, that's purely like as a kid, I was like, that's purely just to make guys horny. Right. Yeah. Like there's no other purpose to that. Right. Also, the hair, the fact that they still did their hair to do aerobics, like they would still have the 80s hairstyle, like a side ponytail with crunchy bangs or something. (laughs) Yeah, I love that. So this guy's very horny in the back of her class. He's staring at every single ass in this class, mm. but he's also leering at Rhonda. Of and course. when she comes up to him, cause she's like going around to like everyone in the class as they're working out, they have this little flirty interaction. And after the class ends, they talk to each other. His name is Daniel and she toss, she playfully tosses him her towel and he takes a deep whiff absolutely repulsive he 
<laughs> he, he takes it a step further because he's like, please let me keep this towel and take it home. You smell good. Like this is, this is like serial killer kind of thing. And she's like, uh, you're kinky. And then he's like, well, let me take you out to dinner. And she agrees. They're going to go to Cafe Luna on Friday. And he also says something even creepier to her, though. He said, he, she says to him, how did you find my class? And he said, every hot girl I know in L.A. got their body from you. So I was like, Let's, I should just go to the source. And she, <laughs> and she tells him that that's a creepy statement. But she can't resist going to Cafe Luna for some reason. Well, Rhonda is very um, lovelorn. Yeah. She feels like she's like, whatever, 22, but she's already feeling like she'll never meet someone. So uh, I think she feels like she's got she can't turn down a date. It could be the one. This is the tragic part about Melrose Place. Like Vanessa A. Williams is so talented and she's so good in this role. And they gave her absolutely garbage storylines. Oh, she's got like a a sparkle. Like, do you know what I mean? Like a screen presence. She has such a screen presence and they just gave her nothing good to do. No, but she makes every line work. She, uh, but it's yeah. just she doesn't have anything. Later at D&D, Hal, the, who is Allison's boss and the account executive, he stops by her desk and he's like, will you fill out this questionnaire for me? To help on a campaign. To help on some campaign. And Allison's very eager because she's like an eager beaver at work. She definitely is like a teacher's pet. She's very hungry to like move up from receptionist. Absolutely. So there's like a brief little scene of that because that's going to set something up later. Next, we're back with Rhonda. She stops into Jane's Boutique, which is presumably on Melrose Avenue. Yeah. She needs an outfit for her date. And at this point, we see Jane pick out every single crushed floral baby doll dress in the shop to have Rhonda try on. And she holds them up to Rhonda making decisions that make zero sense to me. Like She's just holding up and going, no, no. But I was like, what are you look, looking for when you hold these dresses up? Because there's like not, no difference. Also, the dresses that she picked were not Rhonda's style at all. She's also wearing um, a tape measure around her net, right. neck, so we know she's like a designer, too, or something. Right. Yeah. And then uh, Rhonda picks out, like, a very basic black dress with some really weird bead lines, like a few beads on the skirt part. It's like some beaded embellishments yeah, on it. But it's very minimal. And it I, probably is the nicest dress there. To I be think honest. it was the best dress in the shop because everything else just looked like lame. Everything else is very Jane. Jane loves a floral. Jane loves a floral and Jane loves a ruffled shirt. Like yes. she, Jane wore a ton of pirate shirts in the show. Absolutely. We'll see that later. At the Peach Pit, Donna and Kelly are talking about Jake. And we learn that Kelly is like, would not approve. Kelly's mom would not approve of her going to dinner if she knew it was with Jake. And she then says, I know he's older, but he needs me. Yes. That's a red flag, Kelly. <laughs> this guy's she's a loser. The one, she's the only one who could make him happy. Again, Donna doesn't say much, just gives that Tory spelling stare with the mouth agape. And both of, and, and also Kelly has to, I'm sorry, uh, Donna has to lie for Kelly. Right. Saying that she, she Kelly's with her. Right. Meanwhile, Billy is dancing solo again, this time with a mop. And this is a thing we, we saw in the credits. This is Billy's uh, opening credits moment when they say his name, Andrew Shue. Right. It's, a, it's an image of him dancing with that mop. <laughs> so they really love this mop thing. They thought it was hilarious. Yeah. They were trying to sell him in the opening credits as like, this is the comic relief. Yeah. Which he's not in this show. Nope. But he's the goofball. Allison, of course, walks in on him again. She comes home wearing a giant blazer and then she takes it off. I gasped because she reveals that she's wearing a vest with a belt over it. It's like the thing about Allison is that she doesn't have any style, but she wears a lot of clothes. Yeah. 
Do you know what I mean? <laughs> like she, yeah. I can appreciate someone who doesn't have any style because they're like, I don't fucking care, and I'm gonna be a slob and wear comfy things. But she's actually trying. She really tries to make an effort, and it's really apparent of the difference between Allison's style and everyone else's style when Amanda Woodward joins the show because they're wearing like the same version or they're wearing like the same kind of outfit, but Allison's just looks so much stupider. Right. Cause they're both business, but Amanda's suits are sexy. Yes. And Allison's are like, that's from the dress barn or whatever. Allison's skirt suits are always like gigantic shoulder pads and just not right. They're not flattering. They're not. Tailored. She's a young woman, a pretty young woman. And she just looks dowdy. She's always dressing way older for her age absolutely except when she's painting in overalls which we'll see later (laughs) so billy tells allison that his job is that he's a dance teacher and she's like oh really and he's like well i lied about my experience i'm just staying one step ahead of the class that would be impossible and stressful yeah because they would have never hired him they would have wanted to see him dance probably i mean whatever the next scene is shooters and this is where Jake takes Kelly. <laughs> yeah. G- right. Nice. This guy's supposed to be like a cool older guy and he takes you to shooters. Do you know how shitty the food there probably is? Well, the funny thing is that when he sets up this date, he's like, let's go to dinner tomorrow. Something casual in the neighborhood. And it's like, then we find out it's shooters. It's like, that's not a restaurant. No, that's a bar. It's a bar that have probably wings or like stuff like that. But bad way. Also, can you even bring a teenager into a bar like that? That's like primarily a bar. I don't even know. I was really disappointed in him. I totally. thought this was really trashy. So they, of course, arrive on his motorcycle. And when they sit down, Sandy is their waitress and she's being super shady. Mm. She says beer and a chocolate milk. Mm. And Kelly is like furious. I thought it was cute when Jake said two chocolate milks. Yeah. Trying to be like, yes, my girlfriend is young and I'm going to drink chocolate milk with her. It was kind of sweet, but also deranged. (laughs) Did you scream when Steve Sanders walked into the bar? I always scream when Steve Sanders enters any scene (laughs) because this is something I will never recover from my whole adult life, my childhood trauma of Steve Sanders being on a show about teenagers when he looks 45 and is not hot. (laughs) Steve is like the blonde version of that guy in Greece who looks really old. Yes. Well, I mean, they all know who you're talking about, but but there's one who looks really old. (laughs) The little Italian one. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Steve is like the blonde version of that. Steve also could be grown up Corey from Flowers in the Attic. Oh, my God. <laughs> right. Oh, my God. Because it's something about Steve where it's like he's too blonde or something like he's, I can't quite put my finger on what is weird about his look. He's but definitely the same level of blonde as Corey. And the hair is very curly. That is a tight perm. Yeah. So, no, Donna, David and Steve show up at Shooters. Be- so now it's a real free for all. And. Kelly is really upset that her high school friends are like horning in on her date and they sit at the table like right next to her and Jake. Yeah. Very embarrassing. And, and, uh, at this point, like during this like little discussion, Jake finds out that Kelly is keeping this dinner. She's having with Jake a secret from her mom. And he's like, you're keeping this from your mom. Yeah. And, And Kelly is like really flustered. She grabs Donna And And they go talk by the pool table. They go talk by the pool table. And then we see Steve get approached by Sandy, who asks him what he wants to drink. And he's like, whatever's on tap. And Sandy's very like, she literally says, if you're going to date high school kids, I'm going to do it too. Why? uh, That's what I'm saying. Like, if you had a choice to pick between Steve and David, you would pick David. This is my... This is like a hard FML for me or FMK. Fuck Mary Kell. Like David and Steve. I don't know what I would do. That would be hard for me. How do you not think David is (laughs) not like it's more like David is so much more attractive than Steve. Are you kidding me? I guess. But I David's personality is very uh, bad to me. So is Steve's. That's true. I'm saying it's a tough choice. (laughs) Okay. Well, not for me. But 
then we see Donna. She's confronting Kelly and she's like, I'm just worried about you. He's too old for you. He's too old. Kelly is like, you don't understand. And then Steve sits down with Jake and he's like, listen, pal, we're her high school friends. They try to like threaten Jake. Basically, Jake is like not buying it. He's like, I don't have to deal with just because my girlfriend's in high school. I don't have to deal with this shit. I mean, that's how you know you're dating someone too young. Like (laughs) when you're dealing with this kind of nonsense in a bar from high school kids. (laughs) And then Jake says like the classic predator line. He's like, don't you think Kelly can make her own decisions? Yeah. Yeah. She's clearly chosen me. I mean, that's the interesting thing. They use these classic things that people say in these situations as if it's they're making good points this was just a different time when yeah when this wasn't weird and it was like it was supposed to be hot for some reason or there was some kind of danger to it like in a good way yeah yeah sandy then starts flirting with steve and steve is bragging like we're from beverly hills yeah and sandy's like well i'm an actress and steve's like oh yeah my mom's an actress I completely forgot that Steve's mom is a famous actress. Me too. Samantha Sanders. Yeah. And (laughs) and Sandy is like so starstruck by this news. And so she's like immediately schmoozing with Steve. Yeah. She switches her like MO immediately from like sort of fake flirting to actually real uh, flirting. Like I'd do anything to meet Samantha Sanders. Sandy has no scruples. (laughs) She's willing to fuck Steve Sanders to get to his mom. I'm literally, if it wasn't a PG show, I think she would have said it out, out, out and out. Like I'll fucking blow you right now. If you take me to dinner with your mom, (laughs) I just want to be clear. This show moves from PG to not PG. It does. Oh, totally. It's just shocking seeing it and realizing how tame it was initially. Melrose Place started out so tame. I would say like the first half of the first season is very tame and then it just goes off the rails. Yes. So Jake and Kelly leave together and Jake is like, I think you should go home with your friends. And she's like, Jake. And she's very pushy about this. She doesn't want to go with her friends. She wants to go with her adult boyfriend. And so Jake just dramatically gets on his bike and revs it up. Yeah, he's out of there. And that's the end of the scene. At night, back at Melrose Place, Jane lights a candle and opens a bottle of wine because she's like very horny and waiting for her husband to get home. He comes home smelling like hospital. He's exhausted. He's wearing a very voluminous button down shirt and a hideous tie. And Jane is like immediately wet. I need to fuck you, Michael Mancini. She's sitting there with her um, blue glass wine glasses. Oh my God. Very 90s. So 90s. (laughs) The blue glass. The blue glass wine glasses. Everything. That was everything. And her like Eileen Fisher nightgown. Totally. Waiting to fuck Michael Mancini. But the phone rings and it's the owner of the building. And he's like calling at 11 p.m. for whatever reason. This is an emergency Mm. because the rent check has bounced and it's not their rent check. It's Billy and Allison's rent check. And Jane sits down and sighs. Michael goes over to Billy and Allison and he's like, his rent check bounced. Yeah. I love Allison's robe. I always... I wanted one of those uh, robes. The chenille. It was a chenille powder blue robe with like suns and moons and stars on it i had a friend who had one and this was a very popular robe in the 90s i i still want one i do too i love that old style chanel fabric uh that's like the textured lines that create these patterns but specifically that yeah i remember that brand and they had pajamas too yeah that were like flannel with very vintage looking patterns someone should bring that robe back yeah like that exact style so billy is like, yeah, I wrote a bad check, but I didn't think he was going to cash it right away. And Billy basically did what Michael suggested to Allison. Yeah. Like float the check until you have, you have the cash and and hopefully it works. Allison (laughs) is livid. She's so pissed, um, but they're going to figure it out. He's like, you get a cashier's check to me tomorrow. The next day, Jane is swimming in the pool. We get some, pool this is like out of nowhere jake just like picks up allison and threatens to throw her in the pool Uh, you know how i feel about this (laughs) i don't like throwing in the pool i mean then she pushes him in 
So We've they, never even seen them really interact except for that one time. This just comes out of left field. There's just like this bullshit, pointless, playful pool scene. It's like they had more time in the episode. Mm-hmm. So they had to establish this like, oh, they're they're friends. They're all friends. Remember back at D&D, Hal corners Allison outside of the office and invites her to be his plus one for an industry party and she is so excited yeah because she's trying to move up the ladder she doesn't see any problems uh forthcoming with this (laughs) with her creepy boss (laughs) with her creepy boss inviting her to an alcohol party and then at melrose place Rhonda knocks on matt's door to ask his opinion on her outfit Mm. this is another very brief scene i just love their friendship she's he just wants to know the details he wants when her to, he when she's finished. Yeah, he wants her to fill her in after the date. So that night at this industry party, Allison is just like really excited to be there. She's wearing like a polka dot dress. Hal is introducing her to people. They're, I will say this is the cutest Alan Allison has looked this episode. Yeah. The dress is very simple. There's no vest or belt or anything extra. It's just a simple blue, navy dress with white polka dots, right? Like navy. Yeah. She just needed to play it more simple. But usually Allison always like adds one too right. many things. It's not exactly the most youthful dress, but it's fine. It's It's her best look yet. Next, we're at Cafe Luna where Daniel has taken Rhonda out on their date and he's talking about his career. He asks her about her career. We learn Rhonda wanted to be a dancer, but now she says she's too old. She's like 22. Yeah. And she thinks she's too old. So she's just given up and become an aerobics instructor. He's talking her up and like boosting her confidence. He's almost like selling her as if she's an early version of an influencer. Totally. Yeah. And that's when he drops the bomb. He says, you would be so perfect to sell the source. (laughs) Daniel is pitching her an MLM at dinner. Yes. It's like very Herbalife type deal, like these vitamins and stuff. And Rhonda, of course, is crestfallen. Yeah. She immediately knows this guy didn't want to date me. He just wants me to get sucked into this cult. It's such a weird move, though, because why didn't he just approach her as a business? Like acting like he wanted to smell her towel and all that kind of stuff. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, his tactic was weird. Next, we see Hal walking Allison to her door after the party, and he's very pushy and clearly drunk. Yes. He tries to come in and she's like, it's late. I have work in the morning. And he he just says it. He's like, I find you extremely sexy. And Allison says, I'm not. And I was like, that's true, Allison. <laughs> <laughs> but that response was so crazy to me. It's crazy, but it's also very Allison. Yeah. Like <laughs> it's very Allison because she is very unsexy at this point. At yeah. least I'm not saying the actress is, but Allison has zero sex appeal. Yeah. Uh, um, he tries to come in for a drink. She says no. He barges in. He goes for a kiss, and Allison pushes him off and goes hell. And she's. Uh, very upset, not just because this man's sexually assaulting her, but because she really thought that this party that he invited her to was because he saw something in her business wise. I know. I I love when she's like, I thought you liked my ideas. And he laughs. <laughs> it's so mean. It's like, he's like, I'm not pretending anymore. Now that I know I'm not getting any like. Yeah. They just made how this like one dimensional villain Totally. But like a villain in like the lowest degree. Like, yeah. Yeah. And that's when Billy, (laughs) Billy, (laughs) Billy enters the living room in his underwear. Nothing else. Absolutely. Like his dick is about to pop out of those boxers. You know, he's just lying in his room with his enormous headphones on, probably (laughs) like (laughs) learning his dances. He walks out in his underwear and he's like, hey, what's going on here? And then he says to Hal, I'm her husband, pal. And he's like, well, I didn't. And and like that gets him to stop. Like that's when he realizes he shouldn't force himself on Allison. Right. I didn't know she was married when I was trying to assault her. Right. Sorry, dude. That makes all the difference. I love when Billy says to him, oh, shut up. Yeah. (laughs) It was just sort of funny to me. Yeah. So Billy saves the day and... Of course, Allison's really upset. She's like, I thought he saw something more in me. 
And she says the first interesting thing she said is Allison. She says, I wish I could kill him. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, Kelly's back. And she's extra slutty this time. Yeah. I have to say. She's she, definitely trying. She's trying hard. She knocks on Jake's door and asks to come in. And he says no. Jake is wearing, okay, this wife beater that he's wearing, he needs to throw this out. Did you see how many holes were in this? Yes. It was so old. It's like they're $5 for a pack. And you know some um, set fashion person put those holes in. Yeah. Too. That's what's extra funny. <laughs> it just was like there to establish like Jake's a working class guy. Yeah. He can only afford this one decrepit wife beater. And it would make more sense if it had like grease stains on it rather than holes. It just looked really bad. Um, Jake wants his space too from Kelly. Yeah. Like that's his, that's his like move now. I need space. And Kel- and Kelly's like, or Jake is like, I've got problems, Kelly. Yeah. I'm fucked v- up. I've got vague problems. I have vague Jake problems. He also says the first smart thing he said about this relationship, like he needs to work. Yeah. And a lot of his work now is with Kelly's mom and those people. He wants to hire him as a contractor. Right. The last thing he needs is like a reputation as fucking the daughters and wives or whatever. Like, yeah, no one's going to hire him. And but then he relents and he's like, sweet Kelly, what do you even see in me? And she really I mean, she once again really thinks she can change him. Yeah. Like she's the one who's going to make him smile. Yeah. She does admit she's making a fool of herself, though. Which she is. Yes. The next morning, Allison goes in Billy's room, and he's wearing the same boxers from the night before. And he's lying in, like, a very vulgar position to me. Like like I said, like, his dick is about to pop out yeah. of those boxers. They have, like, a little conversation. I don't even remember what it was about. I just remember the boxers. Again. Those the, red boxers. The red They're tight boxers. ones, too. They're and tighter, very right? thin. Yeah. Very thin. Michael, okay, this is a bizarre scene because Michael is making breakfast and singing, but did you watch the ADR in this scene? The ADR was completely off. Oh, I didn't notice. He's going like, but if you watch his mouth, it's like not moving at all. Oh, so I noticed he was like scatting and he had a big biscuit. What was he? Oh, yeah, he has a big biscuit on a plate because he's bringing breakfast in bed to Jane. Again, they're bedspread is hideous and she's like i'm lonely michael and then she starts to cry and then they kiss i mean at that point i'm like well let me eat my biscuit (laughs) don't try to have sex now when you bring me food (laughs) that was the crazy thing about this he brings her breakfast in bed but the breakfast is like an afterthought because he really just wants to fuck her. Like he doesn't care right. if she eats the breakfast. And it's just this massive tray sitting on this very tiny nightstand. Yeah. It was stressful. It was stressful. I was like, they're going to kick that during sex. At the pool, Billy brings out a decrepit old yellow grill that he took from his parents' garage. He's going to, he's grilling out. Well, there's like a little bit of a pool party happening. They're going to do a pool party. Matt and Rhonda are talking about her bad date. Jake pushes Sandy into the pool. Then they do a chicken fight with Rhonda and Matt. We see Michael laying on the chaise lounge. He's wearing a woman's straw hat. Quirky. He's a quirky. That was a bizarre hat. Yeah. He gets pulled into the pool. Everyone just gets pulled pulled into the pool. pool. Everyone. Billy is making disgusting looking burgers. On a very greasy grill that Allison says has never been cleaned. And I believe her. I believe her. And this grill is like about to burst into flames. Absolutely. And, And Allison is like lamenting about her job. She's like, she's worried she's gonna get fired because she was sexually harassed. Right. That's sort of the cliffhanger we're on. Yeah. Which is very uh not very soap opera cliffhanger. No. It's very like something else. Like not a sitcom, but something in between. Because this show is in an identity identity crisis, I think. Yeah, as we've said many times before, this show doesn't find its footing until halfway through this season. Yeah. I would say it doesn't know what kind of show it wants to be, but when it does figure it out, it's it's juicy as hell. It's juicy it's as non-stop. hell. It's nonstop. And it is nonstop. And it's it's real cliffhangers. Like cliffhangers that left me 
gagged like on the floor (laughs) like I was like what the fuck just happened yeah that kind of stuff but yeah I mean basically this is a typical pilot it's introducing us to every character it's getting exposition out in the clunkiest way as possible and it's setting up our location and we can see where things are going like we know shit's gonna go down at this apartment complex and it's gonna it's gonna take a few episodes but it's gonna happen So we're going to be recapping two episodes per week right now. Yeah. And we've created an Instagram account for Bitch Slap. Bitch Slap, all one word. Yeah. Underscore pod. We don't have a Patreon for Bitch Slap, but if you wanted bonus content, we do have a Patreon for our other podcast, Hollywood Crime Scene. Patreon.com slash Hollywood Crime Scene. Yeah, you can check that out. And we'll be posting some pics about um whatever we talk about hopefully we'll find some good uh gifts and and such gifts yeah you can't post gifts on instagram yes you can in stories you can yeah i do it all the time well we're gonna post some stuff (laughs) there's gonna be content on our instagram page follow us there on instagram and we'll see you later yeah we'll see you later Bye. bye